Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Well, as we look at this this morning, we remember when we left off last week that Jesus had fed the 5,000. The Bible says 5,000 men. We don't know how many women and children were there, but we know that there was 5,000 men. And upon them having a fat belly, when they were done, the fact the Bible uses the word they were all fed, the word there literally means they were glutted. They had just all you could eat fish and chips. It was great. And they wanted to take and make Jesus their king. And Jesus, perceiving that, withdrew from the crowd, went up into the mountains, and he sent his disciples over to the other side to Capernaum. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word now, may your Holy Spirit speak to us these wonderful truths that we have, that we find in you, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. On the following day, so in the morning when they woke up. Now, oh, by the way, before we get there, uh, we remember the disciples got in the boat. They're on their way to the other side. And we remember a storm came up. They rowed as hard as they could. They were only about halfway there. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. Probably at first it scared them to death. And then second of all, maybe they thought they'd all died. And here comes Jesus. I don't know. But the Bible says he got into the boat, immediately they were on the other side. Well, on the following day, literally in the morning, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no boat there, except the ones which the disciples entered, literally the night before, and that Jesus had not entered into the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, the other boats came from Tiberias, I often picture this as boat taxis. I don't know. But these other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they got into the boats, came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Wow. There's a lot going on here. In the morning they got up. Jesus wasn't there. The disciples they all saw left the night before in the boat. And so... The Bible says here that these other boats came, picked them up, and as it says here, where they had ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. Isn't it funny that they add that in there, after the Lord given thanks? I I really believe, friends, I know it, it almost can become a ritualistic thing, but I do believe it is so important to pray over your food. Now, I've shared this before. I was in the jungle in Tonga, and I don't know what I was eating. I prayed over it, and I'm still alive. (laughs) That's really important. But the other thing I find, I don't know if you've ever been sick with the stomach flu. I've often said, Lord, thank you for this food, the ability to eat it. 
I think that's really so important that we realize all good things come down from the Father of lights. And when the Bible says Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he, he, he said, give us this day our daily bread. So there's something in acknowledging the food that we eat comes from God. Do you realize there's not been a major global famine uh, uh, in the 1900s nor going into 2000? But the Bible says there is one coming. Book of Revelation says you'll work a whole day for about a quart of barley. Uh, and uh, just enough to really keep a family alive is all you're going to get for a whole day's labor. So we know that there is another famine coming. So I always like to thank the Lord for what I have. Again, the old saying, if you're not thankful for what you have, you won't be thankful for what you get. So I believe it's a really important part of our, our Christianity to thank the Lord for everything. And again, noticing it comes up here after the Lord had given thanks. Well, they got in the boats, coming over to the other side, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, and literally the word here is, how did you come here? How'd you get here? Ah, uh, we didn't see any other boats, which tells me a couple things. God has ways of doing things that we don't know how he does it. Now, whether it's walking in the water, getting in the boat with the disciples, and immediately they were on the other side, or however it is, God has ways of providing for all of our needs according to his riches and glory. You have a big God. You know a lot of problems that a lot of Christians have? Your God is too small. You got a little God. Well, how can God do that? That's what they came to Jesus. And they said, you know, you want to feed the 5,000, but all we have here is a, a, a couple of fish and a few barley loaves. But what is that amongst so many? Little God. And you'll always find a big God does big things in your life. The word can't does not work in the vocabulary of a Christian. It just doesn't. So understand that God wants to do more in our lives than we can even envision. Uh, the Bible says who can do um, greater than we can ask or think. I like that. You know, I, I look at how many ways God has blessed uh, me, my family, all of us, uh, that what we all do here affects the entire earth. I go, that's pretty crazy. And, and, and yet I know God continues his faithfulness. And so... Jesus, how did you get here? Well, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, or the old King James says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You're not really coming here because you want to hear what I have to say. You guys are all hungry again. Now, that's an ongoing issue. Now, the reason why I think some of this probably triggered something in their head, they knew all about Moses, and we're going to talk more about that in a few more verses, but how God provided for them food in the wilderness. Well, he said, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now, Friends, we can come to Jesus for a lot of different reasons and not necessarily the right ones. So again, when we look at this, he says, you came because you were hungry. Well, verse 27, do not labor 
For food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because the Father has set His seal on Him. He said, if you're going to work for something, work for something that doesn't pass away, but something eternal. Now, friends, I I think about this. Uh, um, You know, a lot of people just get up every day just to exist, to go to bed that night, to get up the next morning and do it again. God's got a whole lot more for every single person that loves him than daily existence. That's what the world does. Daily existence and somehow... To occupy my brain, my time, my thoughts until I die. That's a pretty empty life. So Jesus warns them then. And he says, don't labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life. Which the Son of Man will give you. I like that. God will give us everlasting life. What does a dying person need? Life. The problem is, most people don't know they're dying. Now, you can drive out here by the cemetery. You go over on Kimberly Road, headed towards town, and you see all those gravestones on the right-hand side because it's a cemetery. On the other side, there are no gravestones because that's a memorial park. I had a friend that um, used to own that. And he said, you know, one time he said it was so funny. He said we we got up early because we'd get up and try to beat the heat in the summertime. And he said we got out there and uh, we found a bunch of people in a motorhome camped on the graves of people. And they drove up and, and, and they said, can we help you? And he goes, yeah, would you guys please move your carts? We have to move this. And when the people, he said, looked up, they realized they were in a, in, a, in, a, in a memorial park or a cemetery. And they thought it was just a park where they'd camped all night. Surprise. Well, dying people need Jesus. And the Bible says we're all under the curse. We're all going to die. Except for the rapture, there is no exception. Now, you think about that for a minute. We don't know when that is. We could be all here this week, and one of us, two of us, could be missing next week. We don't know. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. So what do we need to do? We need to be right with God. And this is what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about food. Worry about your, be concerned about your eternity. That's what's really going to make the difference. And so, he says, Then they said to him, Well, what shall we then do that we may work the works of God? What do I got to do to get right with God? Oh, friends, remember this. This is where the cults go wild. Well, you got to join our church. You got to stop eating pork. You got to start worshiping on Saturday. You got to start wearing blue. You got to eat organically grown foods. You got to attend church four times a week. You got to go out and knock on doors. You got to go out and drive a certain kind of car. You got to be ecology minded and only ride a bicycle. They got a whole list of stuff. That's the way they operate because they want to pry upon the desire to get right with God. So what must I do? This is the question that the people who had their bellies filled the day before wanted to know from Jesus, what do I got to do? Well, Jesus answered this. If you like to underline things in your Bible, I would recommend this one. 
Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God. Drum roll. He says that you believe in Him who He has sent. Belief. That's the works that we've got to do to believe. Well, I can do that. And by the way, if it's works-based, it isn't a gift. If it's works-based, how do you know you've worked hard enough to achieve the desired goal? In other words, if I am performing to get something, how do I know I've performed enough to receive it? That's why you talk to people today. And you'll say, well, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And they'll retort often, I've done the best I can. <laughs> well, what if you're wrong, dude? Well, that means you lose. But let's just say going to heaven was not based upon our performance, but upon Jesus' gift and his performance. Wouldn't that be some good news? That's what the word gospel means. Good news. Well, what's really amazing here, therefore, they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? Uh, What work will you do? They said to Jesus. Now, sometimes, these are probably voters. They just saw a miracle the day before where Jesus fed 5,000 men, we don't know how many women and children, with a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. What sign will you do? Hello? Is anybody home here? An obvious miracle of God, and yet they wish to discount it because I believe they were out for a greater manipulation. Well, we'll see that here in a second. So he says, Our fathers, uh, they said, Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, by the way, this is just a little insight. Whenever you find the people of Israel talking about the bread that came, that, that was on the ground every morning when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the sea parted, the little fishes were sticking their heads through the water. Okay, when they walked through the, dead, uh, the Red Sea and they were on their way to the promised land, God had fresh food for them on the ground every morning. It was called manna. The word manna means, what is it? It's kind of a weird name for something. What is it? Well, the Bible kind of describes it. I think, personally, it probably tastes like graham crackers. I like graham crackers. But it it, it was sweet. It was, you know, grain-based, you know, all that. Uh, uh, The Bible says it was there on the ground. They picked it up every morning except on the Sabbath in which they were to pick up twice as much on the day before to get them over uh, the, the Sabbath rest. Now, why is that important? The children of Israel always called that manna. What is it? And by the way, it was kind of distasteful too. I mean, they they were disgusted with it. They, you know, ever since we've been out here, Moses, all we've been eating is this manna stuff. We want some meat. So God sent some quail, and it says they ate they ate quail. 
the meat till it was coming out of their teeth. But Jesus doesn't call it manna. Jesus calls it bread. You see, they called it, what is it? Jesus called it bread. Notice. And by the way, here's where Jesus does his own little um, to every man an answer program. Verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, or truly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. Now earlier they said, Our fathers ate manna. Uh, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. He said, My father gives you true bread from heaven. You see that? He corrects them. First of all, it's not just manna. It's not just what is it. It's bread. And it didn't come from Moses. It came from the Father who gave it to you. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now we begin to understand. The children of Israel come out of slavery, out of bondage. You and me, we come out of slavery uh, out of slavery and bondage, we go into the freedom in Christ, and God provides for us from that manna that comes down from heaven on the journey along the way. That's the way God works. God provides everything that we need. Well, notice he says, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. I mean, this is good. This is kind of like the old thing with Moses that every day the bread was on the ground. All we had to do was pick it up. Then Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Now, friends, this is amazing that Jesus satisfies the emptiness in a person's heart. You'll find all the way through life, people will try to tell you the meaning of life. Jesus said, I'm the one that gives life. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet don't believe. By the way, they said, show us a sign. Show us another miracle. By the way, one of the things you find here is sometimes... I think John is outlining that miracles, visual miracles, do not necessarily make a believer. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if Aunt Edna could just see a miracle, she'd believe in Jesus. Well, the Bible says that they see miracles and they didn't believe. In fact, there's even more, and it gets even stronger. The more miracles that Jesus did, the harder the Pharisees' hearts got. The more miracles that Moses did, maybe I should say that God did through the hand of Moses, the harder Pharaoh's heart got. So miracles do not necessarily make a believer. So, he said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you, that you have seen me, And yet don't believe. Now all the Father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will in no means cast out. Well, I'll tell you, friends, that's something you, all of us are going to need to remember through this journey we call living. 
There's going to be times in your life where you do some really stupid stuff. We've all done it. And sometimes you feel that God wouldn't have you in His presence. The truth of the matter is, the Bible says, all that come to me, he'll no eyes cast out. Are you willing to come to him today? See, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did the day before. If you're willing to come to him, he's in, he in no wise will cast you out. Now, friends, see, part of this is conditional. Though. All those that come to me, he'll no wise cast out. Just as they said, Jesus, what work must we do that we would be right with God? Jesus said, believe that the Father has sent me. So there is something that we need to do. It's not an action. It isn't something that we have to go out and slave for because it's a gift. It's just simply to believe, to receive it. All the Father gives to me, I will no eyes cast out. Now, friends, again, remember, if you're willing to come to Christ, I don't care what you did yesterday, the week before, the year before, or whatever, or even what people try to throw back in your face. The Bible says, all the Father gives me, I'll no eyes cast out. Isn't that great news? So you're going to need to remember that. Just remember me sitting here on this day in the middle of July... And, and, and remember hearing that if you'll come to Christ, he'll no wise cast you out. Because the devil's going to do that. He's going to say, oh, God never have you back in his presence ever again. You low down rotten bum. You're nothing but a failure. Why, if I were you, I'd just go out and jump off the bridge. Because it's never going to get any better. That's the way the devil works. That's what he tells people. But the Bible says if you'll come to him, he'll no wise cast you out. Now, I like that. Do you know what that is, friends? That's unconditional love. You need that. I need that. Because if love is based upon condition, then it isn't really love. It is wages. In other words, I did this, so I get that. You don't go to your boss on Friday and say, oh, thank you for the gift of my paycheck. You earned it. That's what you punched a time clock for. That's what you showed up for at 8 o'clock. But when somebody gives you something that wasn't based upon anything I did, that's a gift. You know, there's gifts in the Bible. It talks about these. And, And a lot of Christians don't even know that they're available. That's why you run on empty. What does the Bible say? Well, the gift of eternal life. That's for you. That's for perishing people. We're all dying. Hey, listen, you say, well, I I feel fine. Haven't you had any dreams in your life die? Haven't you had any love in your life die at times? Haven't you had something that you had your mind or heart set on? It didn't happen? That's That's what Jesus came to fix. The Bible also talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do we just ask and God empowers us with love and boldness and, 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 and a, a reason to speak in a, in a world that doesn't have a reason. That's what a gift is. It isn't wages, it's a gift. So he says, All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means, or certainly not, cast out. Isn't that great to know? 
Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.